12 Fucking Hours by Amy N. Chun. Fuck! Not the time, Zero! Shut your goddamn mouth, Roundface! Guys, please, we need to focus. Despite privately agreeing that Kachan could ease off on the swearing while they were on the field, Izuku knew that trying to get his childhood friend to follow professional protocol was a lost cause. Uraraka, bless every aspect of her in existence, disagreed. We're training to be pro-heroes, argued the anti-gravity hero as she evaded yet another beam of light. As both she and Izuku hid behind some debris, her chocolate eyes matched her frowning face as she turned her attention to him for a moment. Would it kill him to act like a professional? He's not even using our hero names. I'm plenty professional, Cheeks, bragged Kachan from two rocks over. Azuka could feel a headache coming on. Not my fucking fault that you can't keep your holier-than-thou bullshit off the battlefield. Excuse me? Yep. Izuku was definitely feeling a headache coming on. He turned his back in the argument. He knew when it was best to let them bicker and when to step in, and refocused on their enemy. Relatively speaking, she was a low-level target. She'd caused enough of a racket to warrant the attention of the pro-heroes they worked under, but she was harmless enough that all three of their agencies had decided that capturing her would make for an excellent team-building exercise. So far, that plan was going swimmingly. The fuck you just say? You heard me. Swimmingly. The target wasn't moving too much. Sure, she was hopping from one place to the next to avoid the possibility of getting hit or captured, but she wasn't coming any closer. Why? It wasn't like Uraka and Kachan were being quiet. She had to know where they were. She was waiting. For what? Why? What was she planning? How were they going to catch her? All they knew was that her quirk left an impact on her targets and that she couldn't inflict that much damage on non-sentient objects. But then again, he hadn't seen the printout before leaving and that was on him, but... Deku, you're doing it again. Uraraka's voice, much gentler than before, broke him from his thoughts. Shaking the mumbling session, he turned to her with a nod of thanks. She was pointedly ignoring Akachan, who was pointedly ignoring her back. Izuku dimly realized that they must have either reached an impasse or finally realized they were still in the middle of a fight. How both the love of his life and his childhood friend both had incredibly stubborn and fiery personalities, he'd never know. Either way, they weren't fighting each other anymore, and that was the important thing. You got a plan, you shitty nerd! Barked Kachan. Well, Izuku didn't take offense to it anymore, and had he ever? He could see Uraka gearing up for another fight, so he quickly put his hand on her arm. A silent plea to not argue with their teammate this time. She stood down, but not without giving Kachan a dirty look. Success! Smiling, he turned to Kachan. Maybe. We just need her to hold still so we can get the handcuffs on her. I can't use Black Whip in battle yet. It's not powerful enough. The best way of stopping her from moving that we have is by removing her gravity. Uraraka nodded, picking up on his plan almost immediately and not liking it. He could tell by the curve in her frown and the look she was boring into him. Are you sure Ground Zero can't be the distraction? She asked at last. He's flashier, he's louder, and he likes the attention. Fuck you, round cheeks! Who's being unprofessional now? Izuku nodded, mindfully disregarding Kachan's screaming. He is. But he's got better acceleration and maneuverability than I do. If I try to get you in close, she'll just dodge again and get away. We need to use our abilities in the best way possible. Uraraka sighed, but she didn't argue. 
Izuku gave her a sympathetic smile. I know the two of you don't get along, but after this mission, do you want to get some mochi? Heads up, nerds! shouted Kachan. His warning explosion had drawn Izuku's attention away from Uraraka's brown eyes, and the green hero was now on alert. Their target had started to make her move, barreling towards them with a look on her face that he didn't like one bit. Hurriedly, he moved out from behind the debris, powering one for all through his legs and moving directly towards her. Aw, the little mediators come out to play! Cooed the villain, laughing as she backflipped away from his oncoming assault and from Kachan and Uraraka's position. Smiling, the villain cocked her hip and turned towards Izuku, hopefully giving him her full attention. Hmm, I think I'll have fun with you for a bit. I'm sure your teammates won't mind. Izuku narrowed his eyes. He wasn't sure if the mediator nickname was important or not, but the fact that she had deliberately mentioned his teammates was definitely important to him. In order to be a good distraction, he'd have to give her a run for her money without getting caught. Taking up all of her attention would mean that his attacks could go up in complexity a few notches. Good. He powered up, glaring his opponent down as strategy after strategy flipped through his mind at a breakneck pace. Your fun ends here, villain, said Izuku, launching forwards. He expected her to dodge him, though he did not expect her to laugh while she did it. <laughs> oh, I don't think so, she crowed, even as Izuku ricocheted off of every flat surface he could find. She kept twirling out of his reach. She was too fast, and too nimble for him to catch her this way, but he had to put in his best effort. <laughs> kids are almost too much fun, especially rowdy kids like you guys. Izuku launched yet again, this time clipping her leg. Hey! With a startled yelp, she tumbled away from him before he could get a decent grip on her. He twisted his body to land, instead of ricochet off the next platform, intending to analyze what he'd done differently in order to get that hidden. He needed to do it again, and quickly at that. He glared at her while he thought, tense and ready to move at a moment's notice. But she was letting him stand there, panting as she checked her ankle with a grin. Blind spot. Izuku realized as she finished checking on her calf. She's a blind spot. I have to tell. Crap. Izuku bounded away as his opponent barreled forward, a maniacal cackle bursting from her. <laughs> I like your spunk, kid. Not as much as the others, but you actually got some. Good for you. From there, it was a game of cat and mouse. He knew that both of his teammates were watching, waiting for him to do what he'd already done before. Both of them were incredibly intelligent. They both had to realize what he'd uncovered. Here! He wanted to shout it as soon as he figured it out. The blind spot was over her left shoulder, a couple degrees between the normal peripheral and the spine. He wasn't sure what created that blind spot. All he knew was that he needed to provide an opening for his teammates so they could take advantage of it. As he ran around, he tapped his left shoulder twice. Once with his hand and another time against a building. He then drew her attention away to her right, keeping as far away from her blind spot as possible. Just a little more. Just a little. From the corner of his eye, he saw it. Uraraka and Kachan whistled through the air, Kachan's explosion sending them hurtling towards their prey with Uraraka's curled fingers poised and at the ready. She would be able to use her finger pads in time if only he could provide them their opening. He just needed to get the villain into position. Hey kid, I like you, so I'll give you a treat. Izuku turned his attention back to the villain in front of him, who was grinning at him. In the moment before impact, she whirled around and threw her hands toward her oncoming assailants. A bright glow enveloping them all and forcing Izuku to cover his eyes. When the spectacle was over, Uraraka had taken her gravity and Kachan was wrestling her into quirk-suppressing handcuffs. The villain, however, only grinned as she was effectively taken into custody. <laughs> Enjoy the next 12 hours, my clever friend. You've earned it. 
The three interns looked at their captured quarry for a moment before the silence was broken amongst them. And what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Not sure, but I don't think it's supposed to be good. Keep the cuffs on her, just in case. No shit, Sherlock. Izuku's jaw nearly hit the ground as he stared at his teammates. The villain only cackled from replacing the ground, already enjoying herself far too much. As per protocol, help arrived shortly thereafter in the form of a police van and several officers. Each pro hero had to give a statement, but... Yes, sir. It was Deku's plan for him to act as bait. But I think Uravity and I were hit with the villain's quirk. No, I don't know what it did, exactly. Yes, our supervisors were given paperwork, but we... It was a big fucking light, and it nearly blinded the shit out of me. We're goddamn lucky I was able to land that hit, or we might have been sunk. Izuku couldn't think as he watched his friends give their statements from where he stood near the back of the second police car. Kachan was being completely compliant and respectful, going as far as to call the officers who had gathered up to question him, Sir. Obviously, they were confused. The ones who had volunteered to question him were already accustomed to how he normally treated these sorts of things. On the other hand, Uraraka was being aggressively compliant, verbally spitting fire as the officer tried to take her statement and impatiently trying to finish as quickly as possible. He'd never seen anything so odd in his life. And he'd seen an entire human disintegrate and stitch their molecular structure back together right before his eyes. Deku, are you alright? Asked the police officer, jarring the boy from his dazed observations. He was about to assure the officer when he saw Uraraka's head swivel sharply to face him, as though the policeman's quiet voice had been a thundering roar to her. Ignoring the officer interviewing her, she marched right up to where Izuku and his interviewer were situated, quickly glancing over the two of them with a steely glare. Something wrong with Deku? asked Uraraka, her voice brash and harsh. It wasn't something Izuku was used to from her, and, for a moment, he forgot how to speak. The police officer weakly attempted to tell her that she wasn't allowed to interfere with a statement, but she pointedly ignored him. She was staring at Izuku too intently, and whatever she was searching for, she seemed to find it easily enough. She immediately reached out, grabbed his arm without a second thought, and yanked him upright. He could only comply with her nonverbal demands as she stood him up straight and checked him over. His entire face flushed red. Uraka-san, what? Shut up. She insisted, though the edge that had been on her voice for the past few minutes was gone. Izuku could only comply. Her fingers grazed over his arms, shoulders, and chest, lightly feathering over old scars and leaving goosebumps in their wake, before her attention turned to his face. She grabbed his chin and turned his face side to side with a firm guidance. Quickly, she let go before standing on her tiptoes and burrowing her hands into his hair. Izuku thought he was going to die in the spot. What? Curse his voice for cracking! Are you looking for? Injuries, you idiot. She gave one of his locks a slight tug, and he winced. Immediately, she smoothed his hair down and continued her search. Because one fucking moron decided that a good code was to ram his goddamn shoulder into the side of the building, when his arms have already been shattered to hell and back five times. Good God, do you even want to be a hero, or do you just want to see how many times you can fuck yourself over? Izuku winced again, this time from the impact of her words. Uraka was always blunt, but... This was something else. So, why are you looking at my head? Cause your shoulder's fine. I want to check for the fucking head injury that led to that piece of shit thinking. Izuku hunched in on himself. He'd made Uraraka upset in the past with some of his plans, but she'd never done this before. Never gotten this far in her scolding, or seemed like she wouldn't forgive him. Maybe he'd really crossed the line this time. Gone too far? If he did, he really needed to say something. 
Sorry, he said, keeping his head down. I didn't mean to worry you. <laughs> he received a hit on the head for his efforts and yelped. In the same moment, Uraka's hand left his hair, swept under his chin, and dragged his face up just enough for him to see those brown eyes brimming with an unknown fierceness. She growled. Say dumb shit, get fucking hit. Izuku gaped. On the one hand, he was so, so, so confused. What did he do wrong? How did he fix it? What was even going on? On the other hand... Do you two need a moment alone? Uraka leapt away from Izuku as though she'd been burned. To be fair, he would have done the exact same thing if his butt was impressed against a police car. The two of them turned to Kachan, who had the strangest look on his face. It was smug, which was normal, but it was a happy smug, which was decidedly not normal. Whatever warmth had risen in Izuku during his strange interaction with Uraraka was immediately doused by this terrifying visage of Kachan. No, we fucking do not need a moment alone, blast ass! Izuku's jaw dropped, but Kachan took the change with a lot more grace than, well, normal. Instead of rising to the bait, he only frowned and narrowed his eyes. Gravity, we're on an assignment. Can't you just act professional? It's not that hard. Izuku choked. Uraraka roared. Kachan crossed his arms and stood his ground. But if you insist on acting like an animal, I'm pretty sure we can ask the policeman around here to leave. Say one more fucking word and I swear I will float you into goddamn space! As the two of them bickered, Izuku could feel his knees give out. This was too much. This was way too much. Uraka wasn't one to get instantly defensive and yell like this, nor was she one to manhandle anyone like she just did him. Kachan also wasn't one to bluntly tease like this and smile in the face of yelling. Victoria smiling, but smiling nonetheless. This was all wrong, and backwards, and... Wait. Backwards. It was all backwards. Izuku turned to the policeman by his side. He couldn't blame him for his pale face and apparent confusion, but he just made a mental breakthrough and he needed confirmation. Sir, our mentors gave you our villain's file, right? The policeman nodded. May I see it, please? As his friends continued their squabble, the policeman rifled through the papers he'd had in front of him, seemingly grateful for something to do. He passed Izuku a few sheets, but the information the young hero needed was on the front page. Quirks tended to be incredibly useful information, after all. There, below the villain's name and alias, lay a brief description of her quirk. As Izuku read it, ice settled over his veins, and he was glad that he already had support to lean on. Guys? He said, stopping the two in their tracks. Kachan tilted his head curiously while Uraraka growled at having been interrupted. When she saw his face, though, she stood up straight and faced him head on. Kachan started doing that in preschool. Izuku realized faintly. It was a strange mannerism on her. The correct amount of directness, but with far too much aggression. But it fit well with what he knew about his childhood friend. It usually meant he'd had his fun and was ready to move on. Or that someone important was calling him out, like his mom or a teacher before he started disregarding them as authoritative figures. Oh. This is going to be a nightmare. It's Reverser's quirk, explained Izuku, reading off the page. He couldn't look at them for too long without recognizing a thousand of Kachan's tells on Uraraka and seeing a million things about Uraraka that confused and usually entranced him on Kachan. It was all levels of wrong and confusing. Yeah? What the fuck about it? Demanded Uraraka, snapping her fingers in front of him with all of Kachan's impatience. We don't have all day! Give him a minute. He looks like he's about to throw up. Cautioned Kachan with all of Uraraka's typical bluntness, observing Izuku with, for the first time in years, unguarded worry. He was right. Izuku was probably going to throw up. She switched your personalities. Immediately, the statement was met with silence. This worried Izuku. Silence from Uraraka usually meant that she was thinking something over. Silence from Kachan usually meant that he was going to explode. 
Having them mixed up was already giving him a headache. You look like you have something else to say, Deku, said Kachan. His voice was firm, yet patient, and it was honestly scaring Izuku. Had he ever heard Kachan like this? It wasn't like when Uraraka usually spoke to him, but it was definitely friendlier than he'd heard for most of his life. What is it? Izuku glanced at Uraraka and noticed how pensive her face was. It was exactly like Kachan when he was waiting on more information to make his next move. He was almost always on the move, and almost always planning, much like Izuku himself. He knew this expression, and he knew that if it were Kachan wearing it, it meant he was already working on a plan to get himself out of this mess. Unfortunately, none of them could do that. Izuku gulped. Once Reverser's quirk has affected a person, it can't affect them again until after the effect wears off. When will the effect wear off? Asked Uraraka. The lack of cursing, now that he knew what it meant, did not reassure Izuku at all. He breathed Takama's increasingly jittery nerves. Twelve hours. Silence reigned among them once more until one word adequately summed the situation up quite well. Fuck. Izuku's headache had only gotten worse. You mean they swapped bodies? <sighs> no, you idiot. They swapped personalities. What's the difference? The shouting of Class 2A was legendary. They were always a rambunctious crowd, which helped them with how often they found themselves in danger. However, it was a bit much for Izuku as he tried to massage his throbbing head. The journey back to school had been full of mixed signals and a thoroughly exhausting crash course on how to interact with both of his friends. Kachan had Uraraka's bluntness and mannerisms, but he still had his personal likes and dislikes. When asked about his last mountain climbing trip, he'd excitedly talked about the climb and how he was looking forward to going back. It was a conversation they never would have had under normal circumstances, but it also told Izuku that his friend's likes and dislikes hadn't changed, only the way in which he expressed them. Uraraka had every ounce of Kachan's fiery spirit and willingness to throw down, but discerning her likes and dislikes had been trickier. Where Kachan had become more open, she'd become more closed off. It took quite a bit of needling to ask her about mochi that didn't lead to a deadpan expression or a slew of curses. It was just as he was about to give up that she willingly gave him the information. It was a tactic that had never worked on Kachan a day in his life, so the new behavior was something he would have to analyze and figure out how to work with for the time they spent like this. Confusing behaviors or not, they were both his friends, and he didn't want to have to cut them out until the quirk wore off. He probably could have waited until after his headache had gone down a little to inform the rest of the class, though. Enough! Roared Uraraka right as Izuku felt he was going to explode. The rest of their classmates, startled by the outburst coming from the typically level-headed Uraraka, silenced themselves immediately. However, she was not finished with them. Yes! Blastass and I have different personalities now. No, we're not different fucking people now. This shit is gonna last us all of 12 fucking hours. Any other fucking questions? The chatter began to swell, and Izuku scooted away from his classmates. They were great, and he loved them, but he knew it was about to get loud again. He would have liked to go to his room and rest, but they probably had questions for him too. However, the instant Izuku shifted, Uraraka pinned the rest of the class with a glare so fierce that the only one brave enough to even consider saying anything was Kirishima. She nodded at him. So, will you guys remember everything after you get your personalities back? The red-headed teen looked from Uraraka to Kachan, where his gaze stayed for a while. Izuku figured it made sense. Kirishima was the only one Kachan typically let in, emotionally, on a daily basis. Because I get the feeling Bakubro is going to be pretty mad once this wears off. 
Mizuku glanced over to Kachan to see how he was reacting to being talked about as if he weren't right in front of Kirishima. To his surprise, however, he saw his childhood friend rocking on his toes and doing his best to do something with his face. Whatever it was, he looked pretty red. Was he sick? Either way, Kirishima turned his attention to the man himself, and Kachan seemed to do his best to tamp down on whatever internal fight he'd been going through. In the end, Kachan could only look away from Kirishima before answering him. I, I don't see why we shouldn't. Izuku's eyes bulged. Kachan never stuttered. Not without serious provocation first, and that tended to end in explosions for everyone. His poor mind wasn't going to survive any of this, was it? This looks like it's just affecting our personalities, not any of our core traits. Continued Kachan. He took a deep breath, for what Izuku wasn't sure, and turned his attention back to Kirishima. Then he smiled. Izuku was feeling whiplashed as Kachan tried to assure what had to be his best friend in the whole wide world. Our minds should be left intact. I don't know, Blasty, said Ashido. She was wearing a grin, and Izuku suddenly wasn't sure if letting the class know it was a good idea in the slightest. Anger is a pretty core trait of yours. What if being chill for so long sends you into shock? What if the memory of you smiling sends you into a coma? You're only saying that because there's a big chance I'm not going to attack you like this, Ashido-san. Said Kachan, turning his gaze away from Kirishima and losing his smile in the process. Izuku thought a return to such a deadpan expression would help save some of his sanity. It did not. Kachan hadn't used actual names since preschool. Izuku was going to have an actual stroke. Ashido whistled lowly, leaning back and looking impressed. She turned to Uraraka with a lazy grin. Dang, girl. He definitely got your personality. And what the fuck is that supposed to mean, princess? Izuku was so tired. Honestly, he'd thought the nicknames would have been dropped for the next 12 hours. Uh, apparently not. Ashido squealed at this information, the sound ringing in his ears. <laughs> Blast these nicknames! I thought I'd have to go tonight and tomorrow morning without them. Oh, someone save his ears. Oh, what's Toru-chan? Or Momo-chan? Oh, 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 what about Ida-kun or Midori-kun? How about- How about we shut the fuck up right now and go to bed? Asked Uraraka, irritation rolling off of her in waves. Ashido looked put out, but unsurprised, until the girl in question marched right up to Izuku and grabbed him by the arm again. Once more, she lifted him out of his seat and set him on his feet. What? We'll talk about it in the fucking morning, said Uraraka. That tone of voice on Kachan usually meant that the discussion was over, and Izuku supposed it meant the same now. Everyone else appeared to have the same idea, for they meekly waved at the two of them as Uraraka dragged Izuku away from the group. He officially had no idea what was going on, especially as she was stomping towards the boy's side of the building. Um, Uraraka-san? He asked. His hesitant question was ignored as she jammed her thumb into the elevator button and impatiently waited for their lift. The elevator arrived fairly quickly, and she ushered him in. Once they were both inside, she pressed the button for the second floor. The door shut them away from the outside world, and Uraraka huffed angrily. Izuku tried again. Uraraka-san? This time, she jerked her head. Her eyes were trained on the shifting floor, but she was listening. Kachan did this often, and it was still confusing to Izuku. He felt like he was kind of getting the hang of it, though. Are you... alright? Uraraka's head swiveled to him fully, and a look of utter shock rested on her face. It was such a strange reaction to the question that Izuku couldn't help but be shocked himself. He'd never seen Uraraka or Kachan react like that to concern. Uraraka was refreshingly honest about her feelings, and Kachan tended to blow up whenever they were mentioned, so this reaction was... new. Not unwelcome at all in comparison to what he'd been expecting, just new. The doors opened. 
Araka shook her head of whatever thought she'd had in her mind before grabbing his wrist and walking him down to his room. The closer they got, however, the more the situation dawned on him. Araka was on the boy's side of the dormitory, which wasn't allowed. She looked like she was going to enter his room at this rate, which wasn't usually allowed. After curfew, which really wasn't allowed. As Izuku panicked mildly, the two of them came to a stop. All of his zooming thoughts screeched to a grinding halt as they stopped outside of his room. He waited for what she was going to do. Part of him thought she was going to try to open his door. He was both relieved and surprised when she dropped his wrist and turned to face him fully. She was searching him for... something. He wasn't sure what. Suddenly, Uraraka sighed, a puff of air decidedly less angry than the one she'd huffed in the elevator. You're really fucking easy to read, you know that? Her voice was low, as though she were imparting some dangerous secret onto him. He raised his arm to scratch at the back of his head, confused at the turn this conversation had taken. I mean, a lot of people say so. Uraraka looked unimpressed. Izuku, seeing this, felt the need to defend his honor at least a little bit, and backtracked. Well, that's why I have the mask on my hero outfit, so villains can't get a read on me. And then Uraraka did something he'd never seen Kachan do, ever. She smiled, and chuckled, <laughs> like he told a joke that was kind of, but not really funny. It wasn't Kachan's competitive smirk or his battle grin, it was an actual smile. While he'd seen her smile a million times before, each one was still worth savoring. Her happy ones, her excited ones, her determined ones. Even her sad ones somehow showed her strength though he wished those ones in particular were fewer in number. This one was somehow even more so. He wanted to commit it to memory. He wanted to engrave it in his heart. Because something told him that this smile was a treat he would probably never see again. Not like this. And like that, it was gone. She focused upon him a look of seriousness that told him he needed to pay attention. Kachan wore this look whenever they discussed All Might and One for All, so he knew this had to be incredibly important. Now get your ass in bed and get some fucking sleep. No one wants to deal with a shitty headache, and tomorrow's gonna be one hell of a day for all of us. Wait, what? How? What? What? Uraka-san, how did you- To this, she rolled her eyes and folded her arms. She then focused her glare directly on the boy in front of her, making him feel smaller than her somehow. Because I fucking pay attention, Deku! You've had a headache ever since the fight, and you didn't tell one fucking person, not even the damn medic. I know you don't have a concussion because I fucking checked, but you better get your ass to bed before you make it fucking worse. With that, she left, clearly having done exactly what she intended to do, which was evidently make sure he made it to his room and tell him that he was supposed to go to sleep. It was true that rest would probably be good for his headache, but her actions confused him. Under Kachan's personality, this was strange. It wasn't... I don't think Kachan would ever do something like this for me, murmured Izuku, still trying to make sense of the events. Unfortunately, the elevator hadn't yet come for Uraraka, and she'd heard. She paused in front of the elevator doors, and, in a move that was really uncharacteristic for her, seemed to be considering her words. Now that was common for Kachan, not so much for Uraraka. I don't think Blastass would do this sort of thing for you. Someone else, maybe, but not you. He might have told you to go see a fucking doctor, said Uraraka. She didn't turn to face him, so he couldn't look her in the eye while she explained in a way that just wasn't making sense to him. He wished it would, though. The relationship between you two is different than the relationship between you and me. So even if I have his personality now, I'm not going to treat you with the same amount of fucking disrespect that I see him treat you with. The words slammed into his face. Before he could process their meaning, the doors opened for Uraraka, and she stole away inside. The door slid shut before Izuku realized that she'd done another thing he'd never seen Kachan do. Run away.
Dazed and confused, Izuku turned to his room and opened the door, desperate for the warm embrace of his bed. It had been a long day. Typically, Izuku liked waking up early to go for a jog. Even though the day was Sunday, a day off, he'd only set his alarm half an hour later so he could do a half run instead of a full one. Alas, even the small jog was not to be. With the headache and Uraka's confusing behavior and Kachan's agreeableness weighing on his mind, Izuku had barely gotten to sleep at 1 in the morning, causing him to sleep through both of his alarms and finally wake up at the late hour of 7 o'clock. By this time, his favorite jogging path would now be in the middle of being used by the teachers. While he liked his teachers, the thought of running alongside them was not relaxing or invigorating. The idea only seemed like it would make his jog more stressful than it needed to be. This was how he found himself using the gym at 7.30 in the morning, half a mile into jogging on the treadmill. He'd started at a steady pace, and he could already feel the exercise chipping away at the last vestiges of his headache that rest had not already decimated. It was peaceful. It was nice. Daku? It was short-lived. Kachan's voice startled Izuku out of the rhythm he'd built, but he quickly caught himself. He couldn't turn to greet the newcomer properly without stopping, but Izuku could see him out of the corner of his eye. Out of habit, the smile he gave him was wobbly and nervous. Very rarely did anything good come out of morning talks with his childhood friend, yet he was inclined to believe that today might be different. It could have been the personality swap, but it also could have just been a feeling. K Kachan? With that mild courtesy out of the way, Kachan hoisted himself onto the machine beside him and started slow. It wasn't long before he was up to Izuku's speed, glancing over before pressing the button to go just that much faster than Izuku. If Uraraka were here, she would have pressed the button to compete and smiled when he joined in on her game. It wasn't often that they trained in the gym together, but when they did, it was game after game with them. He got the feeling Kachan wouldn't feel as playful. No, Kachan seemed to be quiet. Far too quiet for someone with Uraraka's personality. A thought struck him. Would this be how Uraraka-san treats someone she doesn't like? Asked Izuku, mulling over the civil but frigid air between them. It made sense for Uraraka. She was kind to everyone she met. Even Kachan got at least a greeting before he ticked her off somehow. Honestly, he hadn't expected Kachan to answer, but he should have been accustomed to being thrown off his expectations by now. I don't know. I feel like I'd still want to fight someone I don't like, said Kachan, the words almost instantaneous. But I guess this is how she deals with guilt. Suddenly, the treadmill seemed to move entirely too fast for Izuku. That, or his feet simply refused to remain coordinated. Whatever the cause, the effect was that Izuku had been forcefully repelled backwards, feet first, until he crashed into the wall behind them. His chin bounced off the floor and his headache returned with a vengeance. A little too late, the safety feature of his treadmill stopped the conveyor belt's motion. He groaned. Daku, you okay? It took the boy a moment to remind himself that, no, he hadn't fully hit his head, and yes, Kachan had just honestly asked him that. Honestly. The concern from his childhood friend made him at once happy and so entirely wary. It was strange to be so on guard with Uraraka's bluntness. It was coming from Kachan, but still. I'm okay, croaked Izuku, forcing himself to get up. A painful twinge in his neck forced him to try and stretch that muscle out in the least painful way possible. Thankfully, the motion also gave him a good excuse not to look at Kachan. He didn't know if he could handle Uraraka's open concern on Kachan's face after that. Deku. Izuku's eyes bulged as he realized something. Something very important about Uraraka. She was persistent, especially when she was worried or needed to say something. And since Kachan had said something about guilt... Oh no. That was one of her tells. Nope. Squawked Izuku, his eyes popping open and his hand waving out in front of him. Blindly, it reached its target and he managed to stop his childhood friend from speaking any further. Much like Uraraka would have done, Kachan's eyes narrowed and he wrenched Izuku's arm off of him. 
but he didn't say anything else. Good. Not while you have Uraka-san's personality. Nope, 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 said Izuku vehemently. Kachan opened his mouth, but Izuku took that as a sworn duty to continue. That's how Uraka-san brings up something she's upset about before she talks about it, and she talks about what's bothering her. Honestly, I like it usually. I don't mind it from her because I know she wants to talk about it, and that's how I can help her work through it. But you usually don't, and you will get mad if you apologize now and remember later. Kachan's mouth clicked shut, exactly as Uraka's did when he made a point she didn't particularly like. Usually she'd follow it up with a glare before weakly chuckling, but Kachan only turned away, frowning. The reaction was new, but the point was that he'd hit the nail right on the head, and he'd stopped it from happening before it was too late. Thank goodness. What? So you don't want me to apologize? Mizuki recognized a rhetorical question when he heard it. Uraraka sometimes used it when she really wanted to get her point across, usually appealing to her opponent's sense of honor or what they actually wanted to do. Against him, she only tended to make her point like this every so often, and typically only when they were playing around. She'd almost never use it seriously, yet Kachan just did. Izuku sighed, his head throbbing in earnest. He wanted his friends back to normal. It was weird dealing with different aspects of his friends' personalities. But Uraraka valued honesty, so right now Kachan's personality wouldn't let him get away with trying to brush this off or under the carpet. That was exactly what seemed to cause most of the fights between his two friends when they were normal. Uraka's direct honesty prickled harshly with Kachan's tendency to blow off things he considered little or unimportant. So if he wanted to avoid a fight, he had to treat Kachan the way Uraka would have wanted to be treated, with utter honesty. Feelings and all, which Kachan usually had little patience for. Kachan, if I'm ever going to get an apology out of you, I'd want it to be when you're feeling like yourself. He sat upright, staring at the boy who'd abandoned his training to have this conversation. Izuku pointedly steered away from that observation. This experience was jarring enough. He didn't need to turn it into a full alien encounter. You know, that's probably never going to happen, right? Asked Kachan, his words blunt and unreserved as he took a seat. Normally, Kachan could have stood for hours above Izuku. Now, it was like he'd decided... Izuku shook his head of the conjecture. Kachan just wasn't himself right now. He couldn't analyze him like he normally could. Kachan had his likes and dislikes, but all of Uraraka's personality. In short, he was a total mystery. I know that, said Izuku, giving up on analysis now. There are too many variables he couldn't name, and too many emotions and reactions he couldn't find a reasonable place for on a face he'd known for far too long. Instead, he stared resolutely ahead, trying to ignore how different, strange, weird this entire situation was. Normally, he would love to hear an actual apology from his friend and rival. Some of the things that had happened between them, they hurt too much to fully forgive him without it. But this situation wasn't normal, and unless Kachan made that apology of his own volition and under his own personality, Izuku knew he wouldn't be satisfied with just words. Honest words, but just words nonetheless. He deserved better than that, and Kachan needed the chance to give it to him on his own. You're weird, said Kachan at long last. Izuku didn't look at him. Araka would normally smile while saying something like that. Kachan wouldn't. For his own sanity, Izuku imagined that Kachan wasn't smiling. It's been almost 12 hours. Izuku had left the gym 20 minutes ago, his fill of weird Kachan long since capped. He'd just gotten used to Kachan blurting whatever was on his mind while running, a stark difference from his honed focus while exercising, when they'd been joined by Kirishima. In all honesty, he'd never known that Kachan could turn that many shades of red or still accidentally set off his hands. 
Kirishima had offered to help him with quirk training, and while Izuku had worried that the obvious offer would have been met with stark opposition and cursing challenges, Kachan had eagerly agreed with a terrifying amount of haste. The entire pleasant exchange had weirded Izuku right out of the gym. It was just so out of character for him that he decided that the best thing for Kachan's later pride was to just leave. That was how he found himself in search of Uraraka. Kachan, he knew, would want to kill him as soon as the effects were reversed. Their heart-to-heart -heart was too much, and he needed some distance so that Kirishima could calm the soon-to-be-explosive boy down once things were normal again. As much as Kachan could be calmed down, anyways. Kirishima always did seem to be able to get Kachan to do things he wouldn't normally do. Like calm down. And not kill Izuku. Izuku should really make Kirishima a thank you card. Or a gift basket. Maybe fruit. Did Kirishima even like fruit? He'd have to find out. Midoriya-kun! Izuku was snapped out of his musings by a hyperactive voice calling him. Come here! Come here! Smiling, Izuku heeded Ashido's energetic beckoning. She sat with Hagakure, Jiro, Yoyorozu, Asui, and Uraraka. While most of the group seemed to be varying levels of interested and excited, Uraraka was sitting in the middle with her arms folded stubbornly against herself and a scowl etched into her face. Right. This was where Kachan's personality and Spitfire had gotten to. Hello, everyone, greeted Izuku, smiling. Because as weird as this morning and last night had been, it would soon be over. He could wait the next... He checked his watch. Fifteen minutes until he had his best friend back. He looked over the group. What are you all up to? Ashido-san wanted to know what sort of nicknames Uraka-san would give us while under the effects of this quirk. Explained Yaoyorozu. Something about her told Izuku that something had gone wrong, but he wasn't quite sure what it was. Jiro seemed to sense Izuku's confusion and jumped in. Talking to her right now is kind of like talking to Bakugo-san. She explained. She won't say anything unless she wants to. Ah. That made more sense. Come on! Wheedled Ashido, turning her attention back to Uraraka. The aggravated girl seemed only to dig further into stance, intentionally not saying a word. I even called Midoriya-kun over! Wait. Why did Ashido think he would be able to help? Please? Fuck off, princess! Snapped Uraraka. Izuku looked at her again. Was she... closing her eyes harder than she needed to? I said I'm not gonna give you your nicknames, and I fucking meant it! Hey, Midoriya-san! Said Hagakure. Izuku turned to face the invisible girl and immediately winced. Maybe he hadn't stretched that muscle as well as he thought. Hey, you okay? Yeah. Said Izuku, attempting to reassure her. I... Uraraka-san! Izuku's yelp was lost as his best friend unfolded herself from her hunkered position and easily stepped around her friends to reach him. She'd reached up to his shoulder and had started putting pressure. His surprise made him stand ramrod straight, which only seemed to aggravate Uraraka further. Fucking, what the hell did you do now? It was the only warning he got before Uraraka removed her hand and tapped herself with all five fingers. Gracefully, she rose in the air until she was eye-level with Izuku, glaring at him with a ferocity he'd only ever seen her use on villains. Normally. But her gaze didn't rest on his face for long. Her eyes swiftly darted to the side, where she must have seen something that she clearly didn't approve of. Quickly, she maneuvered herself around him, using his shoulders as an anchor until she was peering closely at his neck. She lightly tapped on the sore muscle with two fingers, and Izuku hissed sharply. The fuck did you do? Damn it! With that, Uraraka removed her hands and released her quirk. Not a moment passed on the ground before she took a hold of Izuku's wrist again and started dragging him away from the girls, all of whom were protesting in various forms. Hey, I still have questions! Uraraka-chan? Uchako-chan is being more forward than normal, kiddo. Don't you suppose we should stop them? Eh, it'll wear off in ten minutes anyway. When she comes to, she'll probably combust. 
Whatever else they said, Izuku didn't hear. By that time, Uraraka had already dragged him through the front doors of Heights Alliance and was pulling him through the living area. She stalked to the couch, turned him around, and pushed him, making him sit on the couch and pointing one threatening finger in his direction before stomping away. He didn't think he could speak even if he wanted to. There was a lump in his throat, and his face burned, and he had no idea what was going on. Kachan had never tried to non-verbally drag him around like this, and, to be frank, Izuku would be terrified if he ever tried. So, whatever this was, it wasn't hateful or angry behavior. He knew that if he had actually made her mad at this point, she would try to physically fight him. His talk with Kachan had reminded him of that. No, this was different. Whatever was going on, she wasn't mad at him. Fucking hell, Deku, said Uraraka as she bustled in. He was surprised to see a first aid kit in her hands. She'd gotten the class first aid kit? For what? How the fuck did you get that bruise? That shit looks nasty. Bruise? He'd bruised it? Ow. Izuku hissed as Uraraka lightly tapped the muscle again. He looked over, partially to ask what she was doing, when he noticed her creased eyebrows and steady frown. It wasn't angry, but he wasn't sure what to make of it either. Kachan's milder expressions were hard enough to figure out on his face, much less on hers. His distraction was cut off when he noticed she was rubbing something onto his bruise. I swear, said Uraraka, taking lead on the conversation. Izuku didn't mind. He found he couldn't talk anyways. Whatever she was putting on his neck was warming up pleasantly, giving the afflicted muscles some relief. It hit him like a truck then. She was patching him up. Again. She'd seen something was wrong and had decided that she was just going to take care of it. Now that he thought about it, that was a pretty Kachan sentiment. Especially around Kirishima, now that he thought about it. He felt honored and honestly flattered to be held in that high a regard. He knew Uraraka was his best friend, but this felt like proof and made his insides squirm pleasantly. Just as he finally figured out what she was up to, Uraraka spoke again, this time hissing softly through her teeth. I'm gonna spend the rest of my fucking life taking care of your injuries, aren't I? And, like that, all of the progress he'd made in understanding her ground to a screeching halt. The rest of my fucking life. Wait. She didn't mean... The rest of my life. If Izuku weren't red before, he was red now. Kachan's and Uraraka's likes and dislikes hadn't changed at all. Their goals in life hadn't changed. The only thing that changed was how they approached those core facets of themselves. So, had she thought about that before? About the future? Had she imagined him in it? Just like he imagined her to be in his? Was that kind of future the one he wanted? One she wanted, too? Izuku opened and closed his mouth a couple of times, and for someone with Kachan's limited patience, Uraka was surprisingly considerate in letting him flounder like an idiot for a minute while she examined his neck. At last, his throat deigned him worthy to speak. Uh, are you... going to stay? Uraraka stopped what she was doing and turned her eyes towards him. Their intensity rendered his newfound powers of speech powerless, and he was left helpless in her wake. He knew those eyes, and didn't at the same time. Wanted his best friend back right now, and also wanted to hear what she had to say. He was a very confused person by the time she opened her mouth and spoke, oh so softly. Don't plan on fucking leaving you, now do I? Izuku could only stare at Uraraka, the words not sinking in as she remained within a sphere. Oh, she was so close. But what did she mean by that? What did that mean? What did that mean? What did that mean? Not. She continued, her eyes piercing him with their hidden meaning. A meaning he, for all of his whirling thoughts, could not grasp. Her gaze stole his breath away. Unless you want me to. His breath caught in his throat as she tilted her head down, 
her eyes somehow never leaving his own. It was a strange mix of vulnerable and defensive, and Izuku didn't know what to do with such an expression. You want me to? The entire world seemed to stop in that one moment. Izuku couldn't breathe. Uraraka herself seemed to stop. Her eyes flashed. No, really, they flashed. A bright blue hue covered the chocolate of her eyes before leaving her face completely. The change seemed to leave her expression unfocused and her jaw slack for a moment. In one silent, excruciating moment, neither of them spoke. Izuku could only watch as his friend focused on him again. He could only witness her widening eyes and her mouth dropping open in transparent horror. He could only stare as she pulled her hand away from him as though burned, turning both said hands onto her face, where she promptly slapped all ten fingers onto her own skin. And there she went. Oh my gosh, no! Moaned Uraraka, her voice at a volume and pitch that was much, much higher than what she'd been using before. The suddenness of it jarred Izuku, and it was with a start that he realized she was floating all the way to the ceiling. Oh my gosh, Degoku-kun, I am so sorry! Uraka-san! He called, his panic all too evident in his voice. And maybe his voice wavered because maybe he was still off-kilter from whatever that had been. He didn't care. You're going to float away! Now that Uraraka was back to normal, he knew for a fact that she was contemplating the idea in her embarrassment. She seemed to embrace her new fate with a curled figure, and all of her fingers pressed to her face as she shook her head. Go on without me. It's too much. At this, Izuku frowned. In his heart, he knew that he wanted Uraraka to come down and release her quirk before she hurt herself. He wanted her out of harm's way with his entire heart. Tentatively, he reached upwards. Please. He murmured to his uncertain power. Bring her back. Thinner than ivy, a single strand of black whip grew from his fingertip and reached towards Uraraka. The weak thread only seemed to grow in strength the further it got from Izuku and the closer it came to his goal, Uraraka's floating form. Gingerly, it latched onto her foot, exerting just enough pressure to get her attention. Uraraka peeked out between her fingers, visibly startled by the presence of Black Whip. She quickly followed its trail back to Izuku himself, who did his best to show how he felt as openly as possible. No amount of weirdness could keep him from wanting to be with her somehow, and now that it was over, he just wanted her back. With him. Uraka-san? He said, his voice a soft plea. Thankfully, she didn't hide behind her hands again. Instead, her eyes, now achingly familiar in color and soul, never left his own. Please come down. Izuku knew that Black Whip responded to his heart, so he was less surprised and more embarrassed that the power immediately tugged lightly on her, demonstrating through actions just how much he wanted her to please come back down to him. Regardless of the intent, the additional prodding seemed to help. Even though she was embarrassed, Uraraka nodded and reached down to grab Black Whip and start her descent. Having her fingers grab the new power was a strange feeling. He knew she was using it to help her get closer to the ground for a safer landing, but he couldn't help that the sensation of her fingers felt as though she were grasping onto what can only be explained as a phantom limb, an extension of himself he wasn't sure she could take hold of. Now that she had, he can only say it was a weird feeling. Not bad, just weird. With both of their efforts, she was soon only a foot off the ground. Once she was close enough, Uraraka released her quirk and landed on her own two feet. Izuku could only sigh with relief as he released his tentative hold on Black Whip. It dissipated. She was safe. She was with him. The thought made him flush with an unknown happiness. The moment was soon broken as she suddenly bowed to him, her head low in apology. Deku-kun, I am so sorry! Izuku jumped at her sudden declaration, confused even as she righted herself and kept her eyes down suddenly playing with her fidgeting fingers. After the fight yesterday, I kept grabbing at you to make sure you were okay. 
I've seen how uncomfortable that makes you when Hasume-san and Toga latch onto you like that, so I don't know why I thought it would be okay if I did it. Izuku blinked. She noticed that? More importantly, she remembered that? That had all happened last year. Once in Hatsume's case, twice in Toga's. So much had happened over their time together, and she'd decided to remember what made him uncomfortable? And then I kept doing it, continued Uraraka, oblivious of the touching implications of her words. I grabbed all over you. I dragged you out of the common room. I dragged you away from our friends. I'm pretty sure I was embarrassed about being seen making sure you were okay, but I don't know why, since it's totally normal for someone to worry about. Not to mention what I said. Oh, Deku-kun, I said such mean things to you when I didn't mean them. You're not an idiot, and you're already a great hero. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uraka-san, said Izuku, feeling his duties as her friend stepped back in. Regardless of how touched he felt by her considerations and how honored he was to have them, she was still feeling really badly. He needed to say something. So, with a smile, he did. I... I don't blame you for what happened. You weren't yourself. But that doesn't make it right, insisted Uraraka. Her openness was such a refreshing change from even just a few minutes ago. But now, faced with the familiar and no longer floundering, he could see more and more of Uraraka's actions for what they were. Even donned in a new personality that was far more explosive and angrier than what she was used to, her first priority had still been her friends. She'd constantly sought him out and taken care of him and his injuries, even though Kachan preferred to be alone because people aggravated him, Izuku had found her surrounded by her friends, taking what comfort from them she could during her time of frustration. Thinking about it, Kachan had sought out a quiet space even though Uraraka liked to surround herself with people. A newfound tendency to fill that space with noise hadn't stopped him from preferring it to a place already filled with rambunctious people. The thought made him smile, and he focused on Uraraka. She was right in front of him, pinning him with a typical Uraraka glare that dared him to disagree with her point. He laughed. <laughs> Deku-kun, she complained. He bowed his head and held up his hand, taking a moment to compose himself. Sorry, sorry, said he. He couldn't lose a smile even if he wanted to. I'm just so glad to have you back to normal. And... He could see her preparing to argue, and he knew he had to address her apology properly. I really didn't mind all that coming from you. Well, I definitely didn't like the insults, but I knew that you were trying to take care of me. I kind of liked it, actually. You've always only ever made sure I was okay, even when you weren't yourself. You weren't just grabbing my arms or feeling my chest weirdly, and you definitely weren't trying to kill me. Izuku chuckled lightly at what he thought was a half-baked joke. Most of his thought dedicating itself to how her fingers ghosted over his arms searching, he now knew, for new injuries. He thought of her firm grip on his chin as she checked him over. He thought of her hands guarding through his hair, now aware that she had actually been looking for any head trauma. Every single one of her actions had been made with care, and the thought warmed him. Warmed him a bit too much, actually. With a red face, he blurted, But maybe give me some warning next time you want to drag me somewhere or look for injuries or something like that. I was really confused. Yeah, I can do that, stammered Uraraka, laughing as she brought her fingers up in front of her. The smile on her face was megawatt, and Izuku felt honored to be in his presence once more. It made all of the strangeness of the past 12 hours seem like a quickly fading dream. A thought struck him then. Would everything that had happened be treated like that? A dream? Everything? As he mulled the idea over in his mind, Uraraka's smile dimmed, and a contemplative look fell over her face too. He could tell that her thoughts had taken a turn, and he knew that it wouldn't be long before he would be made privy to them as well. 
His patience was rewarded by a sudden and determined look settling upon her face. Decker could I did mean it. The suddenness of her declaration confused him. Izuku tilted his head. Meant what? Meant what I said. Which clarified absolutely nothing. About not leaving. Ah. That clarified definitely more than nothing. Izuku's cooling face was quickly warmed once more, remembering that intense moment. That intense moment that he had hoped would not fade into obscurity, but he'd found himself not mentioning quite yet. And here she was, bravely bringing it up, even though she was the one who should have been the most embarrassed by it all. She awed him, honestly. How could he not respond? You... I... But how to respond? There were a lot of ways that could be interpreted, and he had no idea which way she meant it. Did she decide that she wanted to be his best friend for the rest of their lives? That he could always depend on her, no matter what? Or did it mean what he hoped it would? What his love-addled brain really wished it would mean? Was he biased, hoping that this beautiful, intelligent, capable girl who was his best friend really and truly liked him back? If he was wrong, he would have ruined one of the most important friendships on hopes and a grave misunderstanding. Suddenly, the second half of her statement from before rang in his ears. Not... Unless you want me to. You want me to? Izuku gulped. Uraraka was brave to bring up what she'd said while she hadn't been herself. Braver still to own up to what she'd meant behind the words she said, even if he still didn't fully grasp what capacity she meant it in. But he knew what his answer was. Now all he had to do was tell her. I don't want you to leave. He whispered, hoping that his meaning would make it through the awkward phrasing he'd chosen. An awkward phrasing for an awkward moment fueled entirely by an emotion. No, not even. Fueled by a choice that was so entirely firm and his own. How he felt and what he wanted to do were probably the least awkward part about this whole situation. Izuku looked her in the eyes, hoping that his meaning was clear. Ever. And if you'd have me, I'll never leave you either. The moment stretched between them, turning what had been a tentatively confident statement into one that Izuku was beginning to regret. Was it too much? Did he say something wrong? Did he just ruin their friendship? Did... Izuku-kun? Izuku blinked. Nope. His ears weren't working. That had to be it. That had to be... Hyper aware of his surroundings, he watched as the most beautiful girl gingerly untangled her fingers. Her hand didn't dart to his wrist like it had twice before, but tentatively reached up to his face. She was close, but she did not touch him. Her brown eyes were intense. Can I... Would it be okay if... Tongue and throat failing him, Izuku brought his trembling hand to hers. Were these hands that took down villains always so small? Always so lithe and strong, and yet... And yet... Carefully, he brought her hand to his face, and she rested her fingers on his cheek. He could feel the distinct absence of her pinky, and he smiled at her. It was just... so her. And, man, he had missed her. It hadn't been for a long time, but he'd missed her blunt honesty and her determination to do the right thing, and her playfulness, and her... He turned into her touch, a smile on his lips. Her touch was electrifying and soothing, her presence a balm to the rattling experience he'd gone through. But he hadn't been the only one to go through something, not by a long shot. He turned to her, opening his eyes to find her staring at him, studying him with the red face and eyes that were somehow perfect windows into her soul. He smiled. Hi. Hi. Her voice was a whisper, almost as though she hadn't thought she'd get this far. 
He could relate. How are you feeling? He asked. Like, I'm going to wake up any second. <laughs> Me too. You too? He nodded. For the first time since she lifted her hand, she smiled. She chuckled. <laughs> and that was the sound he wanted to hear again. Izuku-kun? And now that he'd heard her the second time, he definitely knew that his name sounded the best from her. He hummed happily, lazily. His brain, exhausted by the past twelve hours, was finally shutting down. You said you needed a warning if I wanted to do something, right? He nodded, his sheepish mind intrigued by whatever it was that she wanted to do. As such, he only followed the gentle guiding of her hand as she brought him closer to her. Her eyes were really brown, a deep brown that seemed to want to take him under. So... She said, her voice soft and feather light. It didn't have the same forcefulness he'd been acquainted with for the past twelve hours, but he definitely liked this better. It was soft and honest and straightforward and somehow just right. He almost felt like goo in her hand. I want to kiss you. She inched forward. Because I really like you. Is that warning enough? He would have nodded if he had the room. Instead, her lips were a few tantalizing centimeters away from him, her breath fanning his face as she waited for his response. Honestly, there was only one choice for him. Their teeth clacked when he tried to bridge the gap. Whatever haze the surrounding moment had induced in his brain was swept away by the flash of pain, and his nose protested against the painful abuse of his teeth. He groaned at the unpleasant situation, as she did the same. Uh. Fucking nerds! Can't even kiss right! The two jumped away from each other, surprised and embarrassed to find not only Kachan, but Kirishima, Ashido, Jiro, Yoyorozu, Asui, and Hagakure watching them from the front door. Boo, Blasty! You killed the mood! It was already fucking ruined! Asshole nerd deserves the humiliation! If the Earth could swallow him whole now, that would be great. It's not like you know how to kiss, taunted Hagakure. Huh? Indeed, you must not be so hard on them, said Yoyorozu. I'm sure they will improve with practice. Hey guys, isn't this getting creepy? I agree, ghetto. Spying on this kind of thing is really unmanly, but romantic confessions are so damn manly. I'm so conflicted. Without warning, Kachan darted his hand out and grabbed Kirishima by the wrist, leading him through the hallway and to the elevators without so much as one deviation. Hizuku, with a light bulb going off in his head, gaped as he watched the two of them pass. Hey, where do you think you're going? Called Ashido, oblivious. I'm not done with you yet! I got better fucking things to do than spy on round cheeks and a damn nerd with you raccoon eyes! With that declaration and a parting middle finger, the elevator collected the two heroes in training, one with a scowl and the other with an excited grin, and whisked them both away to the fourth floor. You know, ordinarily I'd say that was pretty rude, but I get the feeling he was trying to be nice about something, said Ochako, staring after the elevator with a puzzled expression. She turned to Izuku, her eyes promising that they could pick up where they left off later, preferably away from the eyes of their classmates. He was secretly, or not so secretly, grateful for both ideas. You got any ideas about that? Shaking the cobwebs from his brain, Izuku smiled knowingly at her and shrugged for the benefit of everyone else. As he did so, he threaded his fingers through hers, delighted when she pressed her palm flat against his. Today was definitely a good day.